prisons a social crime and failure part one from anarchism and other essays by emma goldman this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine prisons a social crime and failure part one in eighteen forty nine fyodor dostoevsky wrote on the wall of his prison cell the following story of the priest and the devil hello you little fat father the devil said to the priest what made you lie so to those poor misled people what tortures of hell did you depict don't you know they are already suffering the tortures of hell in their earthly lives don't you know that you and the authorities of the state are my representatives on earth it is you that make them suffer the pains of hell with which you threaten them don't you know this well then come with me the devil grabbed the priest by the collar lifted him high in the air and carried him to a factory to an iron foundry he saw the workmen there running and hurrying to and fro and toiling in the scorching heat very soon the thick heavy air and the heat are too much for the priest with tears in his eyes he pleads with the devil let me go let me leave this hell oh my dear friend i must show you many more places the devil gets hold of him again and drags him off to a farm there he sees workmen threshing the grain the dust and heat are insufferable the overseer carries a knout and unmercifully beats any one who falls to the ground overcome by hard toil or hunger next the priest is taken to the huts where these same workers live with their families dirty cold smoky ill-smelling holes the devil grins he points out the poverty and hardships which are at home here well isn't this enough he asks and it seems as if even he the devil pities the people the pious servant of god can hardly bear it with uplifted hands he begs let me go away from here yes yes this is hell on earth well then you see and you still promise them another hell you torment them torture them to death mentally when they are already all but dead physically come on i will show you one more hell one more the very worst he took him to a prison and showed him a dungeon with its foul air and the many human forms robbed of all health and energy lying on the floor covered with vermin that were devouring their poor naked emaciated bodies take off your silken clothes said the devil to the priest put on your ankles heavy chains such as these unfortunates wear lie down on the cold and filthy floor and then talk to them about a hell that still awaits them no no answered the priest i cannot think of anything more dreadful than this i entreat you let me go away from here yes this is hell there can be no worse hell than this did you not know it did you not know that these men and women whom you are frightening with a picture of a hell hereafter did you not know that they are in hell right here before they die this was written fifty years ago in dark russia on the wall of one of the most horrible prisons yet who can deny that the same applies with equal force to the present time even to american prisons with all our boasted reforms our great social changes and our far-reaching discoveries human beings continue to be sent to the worst of hells wherein they are outraged degraded and tortured that society may be protected from the phantoms of its own making prison a social protection what monstrous mind ever conceived such an idea 
just as well say that health can be promoted by a widespread contagion after eighteen months of horror in an english prison oscar wilde gave to the world his great masterpiece the ballad of reading jail the vilest deeds like poison weeds bloom well in prison air it is only what is good in man that wastes and withers there pale anguish keeps the heavy gate and the warder is despair society goes on perpetuating this poisonous air not realizing that out of it can come naught but the most poisonous results we are spending at the present three million five hundred thousand dollars per day one billion ninety five thousand dollars per year to maintain prison institutions and that in a democratic country a sum almost as large as the combined output of wheat valued at seven hundred and fifty million and the output of coal valued at three hundred fifty million professor bushnell of washington d c estimates the cost of prisons at six billion dollars annually and dr g frank lidston an eminent american writer on crime gives five billion dollars annually as a reasonable figure such unheard-of expenditure for the purpose of maintaining vast armies of human beings caged up like wild beasts yet crimes are on the increase thus we learn that in america there are four and a half times as many crimes to every million population today as there were twenty years ago the most horrible aspect is that our national crime is murder not robbery embezzlement or rape as in the south london is five times as large as chicago yet there are one hundred and eighteen murders annually in the latter city while only twenty in london nor is chicago the leading city in crime since it is only seventh on the list which is headed by four southern cities and san francisco and los angeles in view of such a terrible condition of affairs it seems ridiculous to prate of the protection society derives from its prisons the average mind is slow in grasping a truth but when the most thoroughly organized centralized institution maintained at an excessive national expense has proven a complete social failure the dullest must begin to question its right to exist the time is past when we can be content with our social fabric merely because it is ordained by divine right or by the majesty of the law the widespread prison investigations agitation and education during the last few years are conclusive proof that men are learning to dig deep into the very bottom of society down to the causes of the terrible discrepancy between social and individual life why then are prisons a social crime and a failure to answer this vital question it behooves us to seek the nature and cause of crimes the methods employed in coping with them and the effects these methods produce in ridding society of the curse and horror of crimes first as to the nature of crime havelock ellis divides crime into four phases the political the passional the insane and the occasional he says that the political criminal is the victim of an attempt of a more or less despotic government to preserve its own stability he is not necessarily guilty of an unsocial offence he simply tries to overturn a certain political order which may itself be anti-social this truth is recognized all over the world except in america where the foolish notion still prevails that in a democracy there is no place for political criminals yet john brown was a political criminal 
so were the chicago anarchists so is every striker consequently says havelock ellis the political criminal of our time or place may be the hero martyr saint of another age lombroso calls the political criminal the true precursor of the progressive movement of humanity the criminal by passion is usually a man of wholesome birth and honest life who under the stress of some great unmerited wrong has wrought justice for himself dr hugh c weir in the menace of the police cites the case of jim flaherty a criminal by passion who instead of being saved by society is turned into a drunkard and a recidivist with a ruined and poverty-stricken family as the result a more pathetic type is archie the victim in bran whitlock's novel the turn of the balance the greatest american expose of crime in the making archie even more than flaherty was driven to crime and death by the cruel inhumanity of his surroundings and by the unscrupulous hounding of the machinery of the law archie and flaherty are but the types of many thousands demonstrating how the legal aspects of crime and the methods of dealing with it help to create the disease which is undermining our entire social life Quote, the insane criminal really can no more be considered a criminal than a child since he is mentally in the same condition as an infant or an animal the law already recognizes that but only in rare cases of a very flagrant nature or when the culprit's wealth permits the luxury of criminal insanity it has become quite fashionable to be the victim of paranoia but on the whole the sovereignty of justice still continues to punish criminally insane with the whole severity of its power thus mr ellis quotes from dr richter's statistics showing that in germany one hundred and six madmen out of one hundred and forty four criminal insane were condemned to severe punishment the occasional criminal represents by far the largest class of our prison population hence is the greatest menace to social well-being what is the cause that compels a vast army of the human family to take to crime to prefer the hideous life within prison walls to the life outside certainly that cause must be an iron master who leaves his victims no avenue of escape for the most depraved human being loves liberty this terrific force is conditioned in our cruel social and economic arrangement i do not mean to deny the biologic physiologic or psychologic factors in creating crime but there is hardly an advanced criminologist who will not concede that the social and economic influences are the most relentless the most poisonous germs of crime granted even that there are innate criminal tendencies it is none the less true that these tendencies find rich nutrition in our social environment there is close relation says havelock ellis between crimes against the person and the price of alcohol between crimes against property and the price of wheat he quotes Quetelet and Lacassan, the former looking upon society as the preparer of crime, and the criminals as instruments that execute them. The latter finds that the social environment is the cultivation medium of criminality, that the criminal is the microbe, an element which only becomes important when it finds the medium which causes it to ferment. Every society has the criminals it deserves. The most prosperous industrial period makes it impossible for the worker to earn enough to keep up health and vigour and as prosperity is at best an imaginary condition 
thousands of people are constantly added to the host of the unemployed from east to west from south to north this vast army tramps in search of work or food and all they find is the workhouse or the slums those who have a spark of self-respect left prefer open defiance prefer crime to the emaciated degraded position of poverty edward carpenter estimates that five-sixths of indictable crimes consist in some violation of property rights but that is too low a figure a thorough investigation would prove that nine crimes out of ten could be traced directly or indirectly to our economic and social iniquities to our system of remorseless exploitation and robbery there is no criminal so stupid but recognizes this terrible fact though he may not be able to account for it a collection of criminal philosophy which havelock ellis lombroso and other eminent men have compiled shows that the criminal feels only too keenly that it is society that drives him to crime a milanese thief said to lombroso i do not rob i merely take from the rich their superfluities besides do not advocates and merchants rob a murderer wrote knowing that three-fourths of the social virtues are cowardly vices i thought an open assault on a rich man would be less ignoble than the cautious combination of fraud another wrote i am imprisoned for stealing a half-dozen eggs ministers who rob millions are honoured poor italy an educated convict said to mr david the laws of society are framed for the purpose of securing the wealth of the world to power and calculation thereby depriving the larger portion of mankind of its rights and chances why should they punish me for taking by somewhat similar means from those who have taken more than they had a right to the same man added religion robs the soul of its independence patriotism is the stupid worship of the world for which the well-being and the peace of the inhabitants were sacrificed by those who profit by it while the laws of the land in restraining natural desires were waging war on the manifest spirit of the law of our beings compared with this he concluded thieving is an honourable pursuit verily there is greater truth in this philosophy than in all the law and moral books of society end of prisons a social crime and failure part one recording by expatriate in bangor maine